What's going on, guys? We got another episode of Chats with Max. We got Javon. There we go. Alvin what up, in. guys? What up? What up? The what killer up? over here. <laughs> we got music, acting, production. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, man. He does it all. So yeah, man. I'm super excited to have you on the show, man. Hey, I'm excited to be here, bro. I'm excited. When you just showed me the footnotes just now, I got really excited looking through it. So it's going to be a really good interview. Travel, entertainment, fashion, photography, social media, business, music. This is Chats with Max. Javon, I mean, you got a lot going on. So let's yeah. kind of start from the beginning. Uh -huh. Javon's out here acting. A lot of people found him through him doing production with uh, Alpha Lee and Christian Guzman. For sure. Yeah. But ever since, I mean, everyone's seen his character and him blowing up uh, in all kinds of directions. And he's out here in LA pursuing acting. He's had the dream since five years old. Why don't you give me kind of a little backstory? Crazy. Like, what, was going, all, what was going on there in the wait, brain of five years all, old? I just need you guys to know this man does his research. Because I was looking through the notes. I was like, wait, how does he know that? And even just saying that, like, I've been wanting to do this since I was five years like, how does he know that? He does his research. So, respect to that. I appreciate um, that. Wait, so what was your question? I was trying to just give a little bit of background on you. I mean, uh, any anything else you wanted to give the audience a little piece of what you're about before we dive into your backstory, maybe? I feel like it's hard to, like, wrap everything up in, in, in one sentence. Um, and it doesn't so, have to be one sentence. Yeah, no yeah. Well, well, so... Don't give them all the all the gold right now. I just I just love all things creative. It's the best way to describe it. I love all things creative. Um, even if it means me just kind of stepping back and admiring someone else's work. Um, uh, like as like something as 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 simple as dance. Like I'm not a great dancer, but I really enjoy dance. Um, so just anything creative that you can think of. You know, photography, videography, acting, production, um, music, just anything creative. I love it. Yeah. So definitely. that that's kind of me in a nutshell. And I mean, you guys can definitely see that if you kind of step into uh, his college story. He had a full ride off musical theater yeah. to Texas State, right? Yeah. So there you go. There's proof in the pudding right there. But I mean, let's rewind back to five years old. You're out from New Orleans, I believe, right? Yes, sir. At that time. I mean, what, what was going on in five-year-old Javon's head um, So I don't know, man. I think I was, well, definitely credit to my mom and to my parents because they pushed me. I think they saw something in me when I was a kid. Um and just kind of wanted to push me into that light. And I remember at a really young age, I don't know if it was at five, maybe around like seven or eight, mm -hmm. I was um, I was doing a show at my elementary school. And I remember at rehearsals, I was there was this one kid and there was this one part in the show, he could never remember his line. Like it was going over and over. We would do it over and over again. I remember at like seven years old, I was like, come on, man. What's going like, on? Get this. an amateur hour? <laughs> yeah, we're like seven years old. And so, <laughs> and so. so I got that cloud at seven, man. Yeah, this, the show starts, right? And we're on stage and there's like a packed house and we're doing the we're doing the show and then his line comes up and he just like freezes mm -hmm. he, he like he just freezes and he, he had a lead just, role or it, what it was just like a, it was just like a one-liner like it was like a kid's show you know what i mean so okay it was just like a little one-liner like he was supposed to walk up and like say something on the mic and he just froze he got nervous um and like i remember the entire audience was completely quiet and seven-year-old me took the initiative to go over to the mic and say his line and the show continued to go on. And it was really cool. And it was like, really like, it, it was really like awesome feeling wow. like being that young and feeling like, Hey, like I did that. You Definitely, know what I mean? Man. And I remember that pretty vividly. So, um, yeah, man. New Orleans, man. I mean, kind of run me through you. New Orleans. At what age did you move to Texas, by the way? Like 10 or 11. Okay. Like so you that. remember, yeah. it was really right before New Hurricane Orleans, Katrina. Right? I yeah. Heard that. yeah. Dodging yeah. hurricanes. I've heard. Yeah. And then I moved and I moved to LA a week before Hurricane Harvey, which is crazy. That hit Houston. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what were you saying? So uh, out in New Orleans, yeah. uh, you were out there until you were like 10. Uh, did you remember a little bit about your childhood over there? Like what was going yeah, through your head? Yeah, and I was going back a lot also um, after I moved. I would go back like pretty much every summer and in between summers as well. Uh, 
New Orleans is a different, it's a different, it's a different city. Um, I mean, it's a great city. It's full of culture, full of food. But I feel like the tourist side of things is a lot different than the 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 real life side of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, um, it's, it's a gritty city in ways. And um, it kind of had me, forced me to grow up a little bit in some ways in areas. But I also was very sheltered, I feel like, by my by my mom specifically. Mm-hmm. And um, I was always so, like, involved and so busy that I it, it didn't really allow me room to get caught up in a lot of things that, like, a lot of people do get caught up in New Orleans. So I've been pretty blessed yeah. because of that. For sure. I mean, man, that's good to hear. And you're kind of finding your love for <clears throat> acting, theater, and all things creative in general. And then you come out to Texas. And I mean, what was life like coming out? Where were you? Were you Houston or? So funny story. When I first moved to Texas. So the reason why we moved to Texas is because my mom really wanted to provide a better life for me. Get me out of New Orleans, that kind of thing. Um, and so we moved to Texas. And I remember the first place that we moved into, it got broken into. And so... Because it was like a, it was just like a not so great area, but it was while, a step while up you were home or? no 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 when we I was coming back from school I okay. remember we drove up and like the door was broken into Still, I mean and so that happened and so she was like we got to get out of here and so we moved to another area in Houston that's called Katy and this area is a, you know it's a little bit nicer of an area like you know upper middle class kind of kind of area um and so I honestly was kind of culture shocked at first because it was just like nothing but white people everywhere. <laughs> Like nothing but white people, and like coming yeah. from New Orleans, that's not that's not what it's like. Yeah. Um. And so I was definitely culture shocked at first, but um, I mean, I adjusted pretty quickly. I've always I've always loved culture for whatever reason. I've always loved different types of people, and so um, yeah, I adjusted quickly, and you know, got into my rhythm, and you know, started playing sports again, and um, getting into theater and doing everything. So it was cool. Definitely, man. Well, okay, so you landed this full ride to Texas State. How did that happen? And in musical theater, man. I had the most amazing directors in high school. Um, they provided for me in so many ways and, you know, pushed me and, like, really just did everything to prepare me for my college auditions and stuff like that. And so when I went in, I just kind of did my thing. And, and I don't know, I was just blessed enough to get an offer from yeah. school, you know? I mean, that's amazing. It's kind yeah. of a godsend, to be honest. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It was definitely a really cool thing. I didn't actually get my degree in musical theater. I ended up kind of changing uh, just because it was so demanding when I got to when I got to college Monday through Saturday you have your classes and I had to take morning classes because of the demanding schedule mm-hmm. so it was like I take classes from like eight to like eleven and then I had a break from like eleven to like twelve thirty and then from about twelve thirty to ten p.m. at night Monday through Saturday was rehearsal so That's it was wild like, it was just, it was really really demanding I had a lot a couple friends that were music majors in college and like mm-hmm. they kind of went through the same stuff yeah. like. Just constantly practicing. If you don't practice, your professors notice. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You got to be on your game. You got to be sharp. Really sharp. And switching to communications, I mean, did you lose pretty much your whole scholarship in doing that too? Oh, yeah. Because it was musical theater. So yeah. if you're not doing musical theater, then yeah, no. It looks like you, you fell into your production work kind of then too. Mm-hmm. You were doing journalism, right? You were a reporter <laughs> around school. Stuff. Like what the heck? Hey, you know, you know. <laughs> Trying to off the rip right here. You're doing journalism, being a reporter, a mobbing around with the camera, and then you're like, hey, let me make some money on the weekends, right? Yeah, so what I was and doing you were, you were actually paying for part of your college with that, right? Exactly. So what I did was um Go I you by the way, hustler I mentality. Because a lot of people would be like, Man, I can't handle this. I'm gonna go back home and go to community college. Gotta you gotta have that hustle you know? mentality, bro. So basically what happened was I changed my major to electronic media. Uh no, 
electronic media yeah electronic media and so i got a job at the university star at my at my school and i got a reporting job basically and what they would do is they, you could rent out cameras to do your school reporting so like i could go to like a football game and do a cover story on it mm -hmm. or like you know do something on the quad whatever whatever and so what i would do is i started renting the cameras on a friday because i had to turn it back in on a monday you can't turn it on the weekend so i would rent the cameras on a friday try to do like a story on a friday and then on the weekends i would try to just do whatever jobs i could do like if i could do a music video for someone who was at school or like what really got it popping was weddings and yeah. I started doing weddings I was just telling him about that just telling Jacob about that that um I would just start doing weddings and that's where you kind of start making a little bit more money and um I'd yeah I was able to like save up and weddings buy my are pretty good stuff. money oh yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 well they weren't that great in college just because like most of my friends were still kind of young that were getting married. Oh. So they weren't like as, I don't know, just as financially stable. As I kind of continued to grow in it, I, I started working for this company. Uh, I did it for a summer called ANA, which is like the largest um, wedding photography, videography company in Houston. And we started making some decent money with that. Let's go, that man. Cool. I love it. I mean, I kind of can... I can relate with that because I started renting out my cameras for my radio show over at uh, Azusa Pacific, and on the weekends we'd go do some freelance jobs. There you go. That, so exactly, exactly. You got to you gotta man. flex it. Yeah. Something that surprised me that I was reading about you. You what? were saying you work sixty to eighty hours at an orphanage or boarding. Not school. orphanage, boarding school. Yeah. While yeah. while you were uh, while you were in school. Yeah. And I'm assuming you were full time, part time in school while you were doing that. I was, I was, um, I was still full time. I think this was my junior year and then senior year minus the last semester. I mean, how did you survive doing that? That's wild, man. Honestly, it was the job itself was so rewarding. So basically at this boarding school, I was an assistant hall director. And what that meant was that I basically just had to be at the dorm, just kind of like mentoring. It was basically like being a big brother to a hundred boys and, you know, making sure they did their homework, making sure they were on schedule, talking to them when they're getting in trouble, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? And so it was just like, it was a really rewarding experience because I'm an only child. And so I've never really had like a little brother or a big brother. Oh, okay. So, so you were kind of able to give them something that maybe you want growing up too, 100%, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. And I was actually just talking to a friend a couple of days ago about how I'm thinking about doing a mentorship program just because... I, I like that feeling and I, and I miss it. And I've kind of been taken away from that since I had that job. Yeah, it was it was pretty rewarding in itself. So it was, it, it managed itself. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. I mean, I feel like it would almost be hard to find time to eat with that kind of schedule, man. Well, so I would eat with them. So it was like, <laughs> oh, okay. it's like, I would, I would Super wake up, stone. <laughs> I would wake up before class and I would have to, I would have to supervise them at breakfast. Yeah. And so I would eat breakfast then. And then uh, I would go to class. And then I would just eat, I would eat lunch or something like that when I was at class. And when I got back to work, I would eat dinner when they go to dinner because wow. I would have to supervise them at dinner. So, yeah, it was actually a pretty sweet deal when I was in college because they gave me an apartment on campus. They gave me um, free meals, my cable, everything. Oh, internet wow. was all paid for. Okay. So it's like I didn't really have bills. The pay wasn't that great, but I mean, yeah, you I didn't, didn't have need no much bills money. and I didn't have to pay meals either. Yeah. So yeah, I it, mean, was, it was a sweet deal for college. Yeah, that's awesome. Um. <clears throat> Okay, so you're kind of building up this production company. What kind of level? It I found recently you're calling it. Is it Viewer 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 Studios? Yeah, Viewer right? Studios. What level was it at right around when you were finishing college? Because I know you kind of ran into Christian Guzman like somewhere in the middle of school, right? Yeah. So were you kind of building up your production while you kind of crossed paths with him, or um, what was going yeah, on so there? So it was just kind of like I was doing, like I said before, I was kind of doing whatever jobs I could do. Like if I had a buddy that wanted to do a music video, like I got you. 
Um, if I had someone who was getting married, I got you. If you want to try to, I actually did a uh, commercial for Krispy Kreme that opened in our uh, in our college town. Okay. Uh, so it was just like whatever I could do, I was I was willing to do. I remember when I met Christian, we were actually both walking our dogs. We lived like right across from each other, our apartment complex. And we were both walking our dogs and we just like ended up chatting it up. And he was telling me about everything he was doing and what he kind of wanted to pursue. And I was telling him that like I kind of do production. And so we were just like, yeah, let's just do a video. And then Gymshark sent him his first package. And I was like, yo, bro, let's do it. Let's do a video. Like just show him like you really appreciate the package. And we did it and they loved the video. And the next thing you know, they were flying us out to the UK to do the uh, the body fit, body power expo. That's wild. Um, yeah. And then after that, I mean. Was bro, that first video was on spec, right? Like you weren't getting paid for that, right? Yeah, no, we were just we were just like, let's do it. You know? I mean, that kind of shows you. I mean, you yeah. take a shot and you might get rewarded. 100%. So. 100%. And I was just talking to a buddy of mine yesterday, too, just about this. Basically, the same thing is, is sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and and see what potential can come from something. Not necessarily always be so focused on, like, the money right here and now. Because the money's going to come as long as you keep working and as long as you keep providing something that has value. The money's going to come, you know. Yeah. So um, don't sell yourself short. But just kind of know when to bite the bullet a little bit when an opportunity kind of presents itself. It, well, it's kind of a hard thing, too, because then sometimes you'll see people get caught up in just doing a lot of free work. Yeah. So it's like, where do you draw the line at the same time, you know? Yeah, it is. It is tough. And I mean, I think that's open for everyone's own interpretation and everyone has to make those decisions for yeah. themselves. But I think as long as you keep at the forefront that you don't want to sell yourself short and you see that there is that things are starting to grow, then you kind of should know, OK, this is kind of a point where I can kind of start doing this a little bit more and scale back on the free stuff. Now, I mean, yeah, we mentioned Christian. Give us a little bit of that, that old chapter. I know we're on this huge, big one, whole different life story right now. You're saying you're barely even in the fitness industry now. But I mean, just for the listeners, I'm sure they, they, they want to hear a little bit about no, yeah, your whole story going on with life. Christian and you. Um, so basically, we went to, like I said, we went to the Body Power Expo and... That, that was pretty cool. I did like this kind of like a 20-minute short video for Gymshark on the whole weekend. That happened. And then after that happened, I went back to school. Christian dropped out. And I remember he was like, hey, bro, whenever you're done with the semester, if you want to come back to Houston for the summer, like, let's 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 do this thing. Like, I'm, I'm getting a gym. I'm doing this. I'm starting my brand, all of that. And so um, I was like, yeah, bro, let's do it. Like, I didn't I didn't really have anything going on in the summer. I didn't have, like, a job or anything. Yeah. I was going to summer classes. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Went there for the summer. And we just started making videos. Um, I, don't, I can't even remember how many videos we made a week. It was a lot, though. What, yeah, what, what size was, was he, by the way, too? Because I'm sure it wasn't like you were like, you didn't really know what, what was going to happen with him, right? You were just kind yeah, of think he was working at, along with him at the time, right? I think he was at, when we first started working, I think he was around somewhere between like 20 and 40K subscribers. Something like that. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You, you had that chapter. What was the catalyst for you to kind of move away from this family you've made in the fitness industry hmm. into coming out into LA. Well, so I, what was going on at the time? I mean, you're probably, you're doing some marketing with uh, Alpha Elite, mm -hmm. doing your thing. So as great as everything was and as phenomenal as an experience and like, I'm extremely grateful for everything with my time with like Christian and Alpha Elite and everything. Uh, there just kind of always comes a point where you got to do what you got to do for yourself, you know, and you kind of, definitely got to pursue what you want to pursue for yourself. Like this was this, that whole route was something I'm extremely grateful for, but it was never anything I kind of planned on. It yeah. was just something that kind of happened, and, you know, it, it gained attention, and, 
you know, people were connecting to it, which is amazing, but it was never something that I necessarily wanted to do for my life. And so I just kind of came to a point where it was just like, I need to do what I need to do for my life because I know, I know, I know what's inside of me and I know what passions I have and I know what I want to do ultimately. And so if I'm not working in that, then ultimately those dreams are just going to die. You know, it sounds like you saw that you were helping build Christian's dream, which was awesome, mm -hmm. but you still had this fire inside that was just pushing you to Go chase your own dream. 100%. 100%. And it, it took me 100% out of a comfort zone. Like, I was making great money in Houston. I was, well, everything was set. Everything's cheaper in Houston. Big um, time. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I pretty much I pretty much know everyone in, in Houston. I don't know everyone in Houston, but, I mean, compared to L.A., you know, I'm, I'm going from a market where I know a lot of people and I have a lot of connections to somewhere where I don't know anyone at all, basically. And so, and it's a whole new industry, you know? It's a whole new climb. It's a whole new battle. It's a whole new world. Um, shout out to Ariel. And so, um, <laughs> it was just like, Black. yeah, it was just like, I, I took myself completely out of my comfort zones and I'm, I'm still not hundred percent comfortable, which is great. And it's rewarding every time I feel like I'm taking another step. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm, I'm making strides. Like this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Okay. Like what's the next move? So it, it's exciting. Um, it, it is kind of scary just flipping your life hundred percent, but, yeah. um, it is rewarding if you, if you, if you make it. You weren't coming out here just on a whim at the same time too, right? I mean, yeah. I've kind of heard, uh, I think from uh, another podcast you did that you were out on, what were you on? Like a production job out in Belize or something? Yeah. And, and you got a call back for this audition that uh, the producers of uh, The Voice yeah. reached out to you on via IG, Which is funny because right? it's, it's something I've never even talked about on social. I got reached out to by a talent agent of The Voice. They invited me to come out and do a private audition. I went into the private audition. They said they call you, they call you back sometime in two months if they want you to come back for the executive. And where was the private audition at? You were still in Houston, Austin. by the way. Yeah, or... it was in Austin. It was Austin Mother's Day weekend. I remember I took my mom out to Austin for like Mother's Day. Yeah. And then we went to the audition and then I drove back home to Houston and then I went to Belize about a month later. Actually, I went to Belize two times that summer. And the second time I went to Belize, that's when I got the call. And I just happened to be on Wi-Fi, which is crazy because you don't always have Wi-Fi when you're in Belize. Yeah. But I just happened to be on Wi-Fi. I got the call. They were like, hey, we want to bring you out to LA for the executive producer. And I had already been thinking that I wanted to move to LA. So with these things happening, it was just kind of like, huh, like maybe like if the show goes through, if I get on the show, maybe like I should just take that jump. And so yeah. um, that happened and I took the jump. I like it, man. Well, what were you out in Belize for, by the way? So Shout my, out to Belize. It looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Belize. Belize is an amazing country. I love it so much. Uh, I've been there five or six, I don't even know, five or six times now. But I was out there because I, so with my production company that I own, we've been filming some commercials, some ads and stuff like that out there for their television and entertainment market. And so we've just been doing that. And honestly, I got a lot of, hopefully some big plans that are going to kind of go through with Belize. Uh, as far as television shows, original TV shows, movies, all the above. I don't want to speak on it too much, but that that's that's one of my goals for sure is to get some stuff going out there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You had this call back out in LA and it, you ended up getting on the show, right? Yeah. And you're moving out. It, did you have some buddies you moved out with or, or so, what's going man, on? Honestly, my entire process has been so, so easy. Honestly, because I've seen some friends come to L.A. and like it's been a little bit of a struggle. And it's just like, man, I've been so blessed, honestly. Um, so I was already thinking about moving to L.A. And a buddy of mine that I went to school with, his name's Timmy. He had moved to L.A. about six months before with a job with 3M. And so he hit me up and he was like, hey, bro, like I got this house. I have an extra room. Like I'm looking for a roommate. So if, you, if you're thinking about moving to L.A. still, I think I had mentioned to him. He was like, if you're thinking about moving to L.A. still, like let me know. And I was like, done. Yeah. Like done. I never even came and looked at the house. I was just like done. 
like sent the deposit and everything. I was like, I guess I'm moving to LA. Let's go. Yeah. Then the LA chapter for Javon's life started right yeah, there. Yeah, man. man. That's crazy. <laughs> Run me through the voice, man. I mean, what happened there? So super dope experience. Um, I didn't really go into it with any expectation just because I've never felt like I was a singer. I just kind of like, even when I, when I have sung in the past, it was always for a character. It was never really for myself. Yeah. So um, when they actually reached out to me, I was super humbled by the fact that they even thought that I should go on the show. I was like, what the heck? So I got there. We're there for about a month uh, in a hotel and just like filming, doing all the behind the scenes, all the rehearsals, all the legal stuff uh, for about a month. And um, man, I was surrounded by so many phenomenal, talented people. Like it was like, and this was like, this is like my first experience moving to LA. Like as soon as I moved to LA, I was just like there. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't intimidated more so. Um, I was more so inspired. Okay. I like, like it was that. Just like, bro, it was like. Just, Flip that energy around. I like yeah, that. Yeah, man. Every, it, they were, bro, they were so talented. All of these people, like, this is what they do for a living. Like, yeah. they are singers. You know what I mean? Like, they do shows every weekend, throughout the week. Like, they are singers. And they were so amazing. Um, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot from them. Um, and so I got to do my um, blind audition where you sing for the judges and they supposed to hit the button if they want you. I didn't get a turn, which is fine, because uh, I, I love that that is my first L in LA. You know what I mean? I love that, that like, the, the level of production was crazy like it's a multi 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 million dollar show oh, yeah. production. so it's just like to be on that show at that level and for that to be my first l in la because you're gonna take l's like regardless you know what i mean i'm um, taking tons so i exactly, feel like <laughs> exactly you're definitely gonna take l's in this city so for that to be my yeah. first l i'm super grateful for it and it was it was really really dope experience crazy these l's i mean i've taken a couple on the chin and i, yeah, yeah. I had some good advice from this uh latina host uh her name's pili montia i believe we got coffee yeah yeah we got coffee a couple uh couple months ago and she said every l you're getting closer to a w yeah and that's where dad 100%. always told her and i'm like 100 percent, that's 100%, inspiring 100 you just got to keep going you got to keep moving so walk me through i mean you you, you had the voice you, you took the l on the chin but i mean you had an awesome experience and what'd you flip around and continue on with after that so i just kind of got straight to the acting grind uh because i moved here to pursue my career in acting um film acting so i just got i just got straight to that man just trying to flex my network um, seeing how I can get auditions, how I can meet with agents, how I can meet with managers, and um, yeah, just just got to the grind. From this, uh, you know, a previous interview with you, I listened to you were actually getting a lot of auditions yourself. Yeah, man, for a yeah. long time. Um, and and still, I'm still I'm still not represented. Um, actually, a goal of mine right now for 2019, it was for 2018, but because I've been working on this music project and stuff like that, I've kind of pushed this goal back a little bit. Yeah. But a goal for, of mine for 2019 is to start my own talent agency, and so um. I've been I've been you know working and submitting myself and getting all these auditions and stuff like that um, at my own willpower and it's I've been blessed to like book all kinds of work and um, yeah still got more to come so it's been it's been really good. Run me kind of through uh, your process if you can of. Uh, where you go to to look out for these auditions. So there's different websites that you can start with uh, if you are you know a novice actor or novice in the film industry and there's websites like la casting backstage actors access um hollywood casting like just google it yeah. how, to, how to how to submit for auditions in la and so there's all those things but i think that the things that are most beneficial or if you have friends or associates or anyone in your network that's in the industry just talk to them ask them ask them how can you be of service or ask them how you can how you can get involved in the industry if they have anyone they can connect you with Definitely. those types of things because those are the relationships that are going to really get you the work that you want and yeah. those are the relationships that have kind of helped me build and sustain what I've been sustaining in LA and are are honestly opening new doors and 
new new things for new chapters in my career. That's the best way, but I think as a novice, definitely submitting yourself on those websites and stuff like that to just kind of start auditioning and, you know, getting getting your face out there. And then when you really connect with people that are doing great work and try to keep that connection going and, you know, try to work on something again in the future and, and something again and again and just do great work. And I feel like if you do great work, people are always going to come back. That's what I love about LA is it's really relationship based. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I've seen you go and kick it with the director you work with. 100%. In the past. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and just keeping that relationship going, making For that sure. bond stronger. And For then, sure. hey, guess what? I mean, next time that director's doing a big project, he's going to call up Javon. Right? Exactly. I mean, it's just like, I know we look at this like acting world or like Hollywood and we like, you see it as like this big grand scale thing, but like everyone's still human. It's the same thing. Like, being a human being is about relationship, it's about connection. And so when you work with someone, obviously they're going to want to work with you again if they had a good time with you, you know? It's, yeah. like, it's just like if you went to lunch with like a buddy of yours and y'all had a really good time, chances are you're going to want to go to lunch again with them. You yeah. know what I mean? If you had a terrible time and he was he was a jerk when you were at lunch, then like chances are you're not going to go to lunch with him exactly, again. Exactly, yeah. You know? And so it's like everything's the same. It's, it's, it's really simple in concept once you like kind of remove all the all the smoke and mirrors, you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. Javon, he's being a little bit shy with his uh, his background of work. I mean... What do you mean? Like, well, you, you haven't really mentioned the different projects you've been involved with. I mean, you've been on a commercial for Final Fantasy. You yeah. recently were on Shark Tank. And uh, you were also working on like a football show with NBC, right? With NBC, yeah. Um, I, Bro, there's just... This is all from the hustle. I love it. Yeah, and it's... it's I don't know. I try not to get ca too caught up in like the names or whatever it is that I've been doing just because I want to stay uh, just as hungry. You know, I don't. Oh, I want to feel just as hungry as the first day I moved here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I feel like if I get too caught up in like thinking about what I've accomplished, quote unquote, or whatever it is, then like sometimes you get a little complacent. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I've done great work and I'm so grateful for it. But like, what's next? Exactly, you know? man. Let's get it. I love it. You're talking about building relationships. Do you have kind of like a group of peers you look up to when it comes to like your acting circle? I mean, I saw you, you were kicking it with a, what was it? A Madison? Uh, who was on Madison Jumanji, is right? Killing it. Yeah, I think Madison, her, her Goosebumps. Crazy. Did Goosebumps come out already? Goosebumps too. I think it did come out. Her Goosebumps movie is out too. Yeah, she's killing it, man. Madison is killing it. So it's just like I have I have a, a few friends that are in the industry and a few friends that are doing other things. Uh, I've, I've got a buddy of mine, Corey, who's on MTV and like he's like the king of MTV right now. And That's like, awesome. Just people that that do different things. Um, yeah, I mean. We, we just, I, I just try to keep in touch with them and just, you know, keep each other accountable and, and, you know, follow their journey so I can congratulate them and everything that they're working on. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, just keep the, keep the family close. One thing I've been wondering, especially, you know, with awesome creatives like you, I mean, do you audit your inner, inner circle, you know, like with the people you surround yourself, you hear a lot of times that you're the average of like the three people you spend the most time with. Yeah, or for sure. Whatever uh, the number is. I mean, yeah, I definitely, I definitely do that sometimes unintentionally. Honestly, but um, I definitely do feel like I, I try to surround myself with people that I feel like are are positive influences or at least in some way stimulating me or in yeah. some way, you know, kind of helping me or challenging me or like someone who's going to call out the Building, negative things right? in me and tell me like, hey, like, yo, man, like you got to you got to you got to get that right. Like something's going on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I love people like that. And so um, that's definitely what I try to keep myself surrounded by. Yeah, for sure. And. Kind of talking about what's been going on with you and acting. I mean, dude, congrats on uh, the most recent premiere you've had with Spark. I appreciate you, man. man that's awesome. First time on the big screen. How was that? Was super dope. Was that, was that a thrill or what? It was, man. I remember um, so my mom flew out for the uh, the premiere and she was sitting next to me as we were watching in the movie theater. That's got to be cool. And um, I remember like telling her, like, hey, give me your hand. I put her hand over my heart because, bro, my heart was like, it was like, 
And I'm not normally someone who gets like very anxious. Yeah. But you let me yeah. get the uh, back or you might be able to do a better job. But what's up? The way Sparks is uh, defined the movie, it, it's a happy co-typing worker. Android falls in love with his human female supervisor. Uh-huh. Just one problem. Every time he sees her, his heart literally explodes. So yeah. why don't you, can you elaborate on like what kind of went on with the story and your character of it's, Neil, right? Yeah. So Neil is the antagonist of the film. But basically, Sparks is a, like what you said. It's a robotic love story. So basically, we work in the not so distant future where there are now robots. And there's this one robot who is um, upgraded. And with his upgrade, he actually, whenever he sees our lead actress... <laughs> She, he just kind of falls in love with her, or he has fallen in love with her. And every time he sees her, he he just can't take it. The like the upgrade, something's wrong with it, I guess. And uh, his heart explodes, and so we just have happen to keep fixing him, keep fixing him. And my role kind of comes in. Neil works with our lead actress, and um, he is really arrogant. And they've basically hooked up in the past. She doesn't want it to happen again, and he gets really um, aggressive and inappropriate in the workplace <laughs> okay. and so she basically wants to get him fired and so uh the story kind of goes a- along and by the end she ends up getting him fired and yeah it was it was it was cool it was a cool film to work on now <clears throat> when it comes to these genres of uh films and projects you work on i i, I heard that you're really interested in dramas right 100 percent. but you also respect the art of comedy yeah and shout out to king bosh yeah yeah man he's a savage i mean <laughs> killing it the guy he's a multifaceted and, and i love what you said about the struggle of uh, participating in uh, comedy because mm-hmm. you have to be able to carry on the story, be funny, and, and not succumb to the pressure of all these cameras and lights around you at the same mm-hmm. time. I mean, it's kind of inhuman in a way. You got to yeah, fight against it. So for I, sure. I think it's awesome. Yeah, comedy's tough, man. Comedy yeah. is tough, 100%. And when it comes to you preparing for these roles, I mean, walk me through your process of your acting style. I mean, do you just try to, to live out the character or... So there are two major approaches um, to acting. There is method acting and there's the Meisner approach. Um, so when I was in theater, I used to do a lot of method acting. And so method acting is kind of when you draw on like a past or personal experience. So like if you're supposed to be sad in a scene, it's like, okay, let me think about the time when like my cat died. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, like cat tears come down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But but the Meisner approach is more about taking what what you can what you can find, one from the script um about that character and really just living in the moment and being true to those true to those emotions true to those feelings true to what comes out not really trying to force something and so um it's been a little bit of a challenge like flipping my How do you approach balance the two? Cause like being true and then really just thinking of that emotion i mean it seems like that they're really closely yeah, parallel right? it could be yeah but um i just try to stay in the moment i try not to think about yeah something past i try i try to just like lose my sense of self which is actually kind of a scary thing bro because like for instance in that film sparks there was a scene where um we're in the office and i'm basically basically attempting to molest the um the lead actress and it gets really hands-on it gets like i'm choking her like it's it's really kind of aggressive, and um, I remember just feeling guilty after. Like I had to hug her for like five minutes after we were done filming that scene, mm-hmm. and so it's just like you when you when you method act, you kind of lose your sense of self because like you, you what you're doing is real. You know what I mean? Even though you know it's you know you're acting in a sense. Sometimes you just lose yourself, but it's like it, it feels it feels real, which is crazy what like the brain can do. But um, is that your primary style of acting then, method? It's what I've been really working on, yeah. 
I, you know, I find it, people say it's really controversial because, like you said, you can lose yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen uh, Jim Carrey mm-hmm. become his character. 100%. 100%. There's a documentary on that. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, super yeah, famous. I mean, but he killed the Joker role, by the way. Shout out to Heath Lever- Leather- Ledger. <laughs> R.I.P. Heath Ledger. If, if, if I can say his name right. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, do you ever worry about losing yourself like that? Um, No, I always try to. I always try to spend some time and actually like if i like for instance like a role like that i definitely try to spend some time after and you know refocus and you know kind of affirm myself and who i actually am and we know what i'm actually about and what kind of person i actually want to be and so um i think it's just important to always kind of just maintain that retrospect and that perspective of who you are um and just like kind of affirm yourself and who you are so i'm pretty confident in knowing who i am and so um i think as long as i continue to just like refresh that um after roles and stuff like that every role is not as gritty as that but definitely um, yeah as long as i refresh that i think i'm i think i'm good i can i i understand though how easy it is to get into that though because you're really obsessing about being able to be this character yeah for for sure you want to do a good job so you know you want to you want to really just dive into it as much as possible you know so yeah Talk to me a little bit about um, other experiences you had. You've done dramatic works. You've done commercial. I've seen some of the skits you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, well, do you see a future in any, uh, you know, more skits going on? Or are you I trying know, to man. stay more dramatic? I don't know about the skits necessarily. I mean, maybe it could be something fun to just dive into just, just for fun, for fun practice with comedy. Yeah. Um, But really my focus and what I, what I really want to pursue is just like, you know, drama, suspense, action, thriller type films. Mm-hmm. That's That's just like my lane that's what i love to watch and so that's what i really want to create and so i'm actually working on a treatment right now for a film Remember i told you i kind of want to work on some stuff in belize i'm working on a treatment right now for a film there and um all goes well then we'll be seeing a movie from there that'd be amazing dream come true any teasers you can give us no teasers no teasers because i'm still i'm still working on the yeah. the the concept i'm still working on everything like we're a square one we're a square for one. anyone who's not with the lingo of acting what is the treatment so treatment is basically like a synopsis of the film. So basically like a, a overview of what the film is about. But not quite a screenplay, right? No, Screenplay no, no. is more exact. So that's like, right? yeah, exactly. So that would be, you know, you would have lines and, and, and you know, the script is kind of put together. Uh, a treatment would just be like the idea of what your movie is about. And maybe you could you could dive into the character ideas a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's just it's just more of like an overarching idea of what the film is about or TV show or whatever it is. What actors do you look up to? You've mentioned Denzel Washington. Any others? Man, um, Denzel, Will Smith, um, and why? DiCaprio. I just I just respect the greats. You know, you yeah. gotta respect the greats, and you gotta you gotta learn from the greats what you can because ultimately I want to be great. You know, and um, I I just realized with 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 really paying attention and watching all those guys there's just so much dynamic to their acting that that i think that's what makes them great um i mean their work ethic obviously but they just have like a certain dynamic that a lot of other actors don't have and it's just like when you when you watch them and they're doing a scene there's the true tone and then there's like underlying tones and there's like tones all around it like it's just like they're just everything they're just they're just amazing performers it's crazy it's crazy to watch a little bit yeah so for instance, um, like one thing I, I was kind of talking about this in another podcast is like one thing about Denzel is like when he does a when he does like a, a really like raw gritty scene and it's um you know it's angry or something like that you don't just get anger from him you might you might get anger and you also might get a little bit of amusement like he's almost amused that you would think that it's okay to anger me yeah. you know what I mean and so it's just like 
like that's so complex to be able to just deliver that. You know what I mean? Because it's it's hard to say. You know what I mean? So how can you just like deliver it just like that? And so just to be able to do that, like that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. And that's that's what the greats do. And so um that's something that I want to be able to do. And so yeah. Speaking of looking up to the greats for inspiration, inspiration in general, you actually wrote a book yeah. within the last year. Yeah, man. And that seemed to push a lot of inspirational tones in it. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So the book is titled You Are. Um and actually I'm a little bit disappointed in myself because I, I, I wrote the book. I, I did the due diligence of making the book happen, but I never really pushed it. I just kind of like, I just kind of put it out and I was like, hey guys, if you want to check out the book, like go for it. You know what I mean? I never really like, I never really pushed it. I never really had a marketing plan for it. I never even did hard copies. That's definitely something I want to revisit and something I actually want to put together and um, edit together and really make happen and like, you know, actually put put some effort, some like real, release some real effort into Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What I found inspiration to write the book is because a lot of people that follow me and I was kind of talking to a lot of guys when I would meet them or, you know, even just via online, I realized that a lot of guys kind of, or a lot of guys that follow me kind of struggle with um, feeling secure, understanding that they have a purpose, that they have value. Yeah. Um, and those are all things that I feel like I've been pretty blessed to be secure in. And so I just kind of wanted to write a book to encourage others in understanding that there's there is meaning to your being that you have value that there is a reason for your existence like you're not just on this planet just to just to you know eat chick-fil-a and and work out if that, that's what you want to do like great but there is so much more potential for your life there's so much more like being called out of you there's a shift in like who you are um and, and it's a need like there's a need for you even, even yeah. if it's just one person that you need to have a conversation with and you need to help shape their life. Like there's a need for you in that one person, but you're not, you're not just here just to, just to exist. Yeah. My point. I saw a quote you wrote, you said it's about the book. It's a testament to our potential and nothing less powerful. hundred percent. I love it. hundred percent. Yeah, man. Giving the audience a little bit of a feel about kind of the tone of the book. I mean, is it kind of like, kind of like a self-help vibe, like maybe a little bit of like Tim Ferriss action, kind of something like that. Or like, I would just say that it's a, it's a call to action and understanding that, you know, you have value. There's a call to action and understanding that you're worth something. Well, I guess it could kind of fall along the lines of self-help, but um, I never really thought of it as that. I just kind of thought of it as me just trying to encourage. You know what I mean? Well, I, I also, I think self-help has a negative connotation at times, mm -hmm. but I think, I mean, dude, I, I read the books. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people do. For sure. Shout out to Tony Robbins. I mean, he's the goat of self-help. Yes, sir. So... There's definitely value in that as yeah. well. What was the process of writing the book like for you? I mean, putting that pen to paper, were you typing or like... Man, it was a lot of long nights. Yeah, I, I was. I typed it all Stream out. Stream of consciousness? Um, I mean, what was your... It was just like if I had an idea or I had a thought, if I went to church and heard a sermon and something like, like resonated with me, it's like yeah. I jot that down and then I expand on it later, maybe do some research, see with like the science behind certain ideas were and stuff like that, the history behind certain things and uh, just kind of put it together. I remember it was just a lot of nights like... Just lighting a candle, getting in front of my laptop, putting on some Kenny G, vibing, and just like just just writing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How long did it take you? Uh, I would say it maybe it took me about about six to eight months. I don't remember exactly, but about six to eight months. I would. Did say. you have a, the goal of writing this book, or were you just kind of writing? And you're like, oh, I, I, I can tie just, this together. I was just kind of writing at first, and then I actually was talking to I was talking to my mom about it. And she was like, Why don't you just make it a book? Yeah. I was just like. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, it's 2018, yeah. man. Yeah, the self-publishing so. life is real. Real. It's really yeah. real. <laughs> uh, talking about your release 2.0, what are you kind of thinking for a strategy for that? M maybe an Amazon release or what do you think? I'm still working on that, but I definitely do know I want to do hard copies. Um, 
I definitely want to do hard copies. Like I did zero hard copies last time. I don't even have one for myself. Yeah. Um, so hard copies is definitely something. Uh, maybe do like a book release event or something like that. Um, and then yeah, definitely definitely do some online sales. But I, I want I want to push more of a hard copy thing than just like a PDF. Yeah. Or like a um, a Kindle version. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is there anywhere um that you could plug for the audience to go check out your book at this current time no, at all? No. no. That's what I, t- I literally dropped the ball on my book, man. I dropped the ball on it. I, I, I wrote it, and I think it's a really good book, and it has a lot of value, and it has a lot to offer people, but I just kind of dropped the ball on it. Um, yeah. It happens. He's human, everyone. Just, yeah, I am. And yeah. so it's just like you just got to um, readjust and, and, and reapproach. Yeah. That's what you need to do. So I mean, I totally gonna understand do. it, man. I mean, I don't think people talk enough about the balls that they drop and how they're going to recover from them. You know, 100%. I think people like to just skirt over them, especially in LA. hundred percent, hundred percent. Cause everyone wants to have this image of like, I'm, I'm amazing. I'm doing so well. Look at me, blah, blah, blah. It's in LA. You know what I mean? Like I said before, man, once you take the smoke and mirrors away, everyone's human. You know, we yeah. all, we all deal with the same struggles, just at different levels. The acting, the book writing and now writing music. Yeah. What's going on with that? I've seen your cover videos, your mashups, great voice. You had a voice coach for a while, right? Yeah, man. Um, I mean, and actually, right before I moved to LA, I I was actually pretty cool. I did a couple of sessions with my voice coach from when I was like younger, when I was like a kid, uh, doing musical theater, and so that was a really cool experience. But um, I just kind of decided, you know, I'm here in LA. I feel like LA is about you know spreading your wings, doing all the things that that you can potentially be good at, and uh, experimenting, you know taking yourself out of comfort zones and I was just like, man, maybe I should just get in the studio and try to try to make some music. Um, yeah. And it's been a really cool experience. We actually were in the studio last night uh, recording like some really cool video footage and uh, just like laying down some some vocals and stuff like that. And it was like really, really dope. Um, and I don't know, it just pulled something different out of me. Something yeah. that I never really thought about pulling out of myself. And um, it's been pretty rewarding. I can't wait to, to put it out. It's gonna be cool. What about uh, when it comes to your sound? Where do you find inspiration from? I kind of get, I personally get an R and B vibe, yeah, kinda rhythmic. It's funny, bro, bluesy. because it's really funny because I felt like for so long I didn't, I didn't know what I sounded like because yeah. you know when you when you're in musical theater, like you're always singing for a character, like you're never singing for yourself. Is it kind of like the Disney vibe too, like that kind of singing? Or my music or no, no, the theater, the, <laughs> not yeah. your music. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a different kind of Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, theater is definitely kind of like like kind of Disney. it's musical yeah. it's musical disney's musical yeah so, so it's just like completely different yeah left field c- compared to it's this. just yeah very very different than my own singing style and so i feel like i, I mean i'm still i'm still finding my my singing my I, i'm feeling i'm finding my sound yeah. i'm still doing that it's not like i just have like i just have it like yeah it's something that's definitely taking some progress and taking some work and taking some effort to to realize and to to find yeah, who do you look up to in music? Man, so many people. I, I'm I'm a huge fan of Chris Brown, huge fan of John Legend, huge fan of Robin Thicke, huge sin, like just those three people have so many, like three totally different sounds. So, um, man, Michael Bublé. John Legend just has like swag, by the way. Yeah, he I does, man. It's effortless. I, uh, it's effortless. I uh, went to this event where he played on the uh, the roof of the Roosevelt Hotel for I think it was like Here? Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Oh, dope. And uh, he was also releasing his wine brand. Oh, killer! I didn't even know he had one. Yeah, it's L- LVE. It Shout out to him. I think it's just his venture, okay. actually. But he's got like a... I know she does a lot of like food and She does. I think she has like stuff. a children's cookbook coming out, by the way. Shout yeah. out to Chrissy, man. Killing it. The um, legends. <laughs> really, they are. But uh, I mean, man, John just has this kind of like... I want to say like a modern Sinatra vibe to him. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. So cool. So smooth. 
And then uh, I, w- I was leaving the iHeartMedia office like two weeks ago, and I opened the door, and he just, I look at who's coming in, and there he is, John Legend. And I'm like, killer. Whoa. I'm like, John? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, yep. And he just walks in. I'm like, all right, man. I it's mean, so dope. I guess we'll rock it like that. It's so dope. But uh, yeah, man, cool guy. When it comes to uh, your team that you work with, with production, you said uh, you, you don't play an instrument, you work with a producer. Yeah. Would you say that he kind of helped shape how, how you sing? I mean, he's giving you some instruction as well? Um, Yeah, for sure. We work together. We work together. Um, He's kind of helped me a lot with theory. And when it comes to like, you know, how, how maybe like a song should move or a vocal should move and stuff like that. He's definitely helped me a lot with that. Um, but I definitely think I also have a lot of um, raw instincts that are kind of cool. Um, and so just just because I, I have a background in performance. So like a lot of things kind of come natural to me just because of the years of working in it. Definitely. But um, and even with acting, because I feel like honestly, singing is, is basically vocal acting, especially when you're in the studio. It's basically vocal acting. Like you're, you're trying to convey an emotion. You're trying to com- convey. Uh, yeah. In a, key, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. In key. An idea. But even even though, but even in acting, like on film, like you listen to film actors, normally when they're acting, like their their tonality and their pitch is pretty good. It's not like they're just talking. That's true. Like they, they have they have a certain... It's like, kind of so consistent, singing. right? Yeah, it's basically singing. Like acting is basically singing. They're basically the same thing. If you ask me, I feel like they are. When can we expect this music to come out, man? Man, so I'm trying to drop... On what platforms? All of them. I think Spotify, SoundCloud. Oh, I think. I mean, I'm working. I'm working with the team right now to figure out a like a any hard a releases release or, or are you sticking to digital. I think digital. Yeah, I mean, maybe vinyl could be cool though. He's giving me ideas. That'd be dope. Vinyl could be kind of dope. I'm but sure you have some followers that'd be into that. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Vinyl's hot, by the way. Yeah, I know. It kind of has like that that raw earthy sound to it. It'd be yeah. really dope. But yeah, I'm trying to trying to release something on my birthday, November 9th. So the plan at first, I wanted to just times drop, are ticking, man. I wanted to just drop an EP. Yeah. And like like five songs on that. And that was my plan at first. But after talking to the team and like kind of like going back to the drawing board, we were like, well, you've never really put out music. And so it was kind of my ego wanting to drop an EP. So like I just wanted to do that to just like put out a project, you know. Yeah. But um, the best cause of action for this is just basically going to be to release a single and maybe release another single just to start getting people familiar with the music, familiar with my sound. Yeah. And then at some point do an EP. So the plan hopefully is a single November 9th on my birthday. That's a Friday. So it's literally the perfect day to do it. I like that. You know what I mean? I mean, man, what do you feel? How do you feel about the current state of the music industry too? I mean, I feel like it's the time of singles. People... Yeah, aren't 100%. sitting through albums as much anymore, 100%, I feel like. You 100%. Know? In the R&B world, though, it's kind of shifting back to that kind of like 2000s like vibe in a sense with like a with a new age sound. You know yeah. what I mean? I say listen um, to some throwback T-Pain. And yeah. And even stuff. T-Pain's coming out with a bunch of new stuff Hell now yeah. recently. So, yeah, just to even, to even hit on that a little bit more. But um, I think it's I think it's cool. So, the thing is, is I'm doing this music thing uh, just because, like I said, I feel like it's it's a talent that I have. And it's so, so I should I should pursue it. I shouldn't just sit on the talent. You know, yeah. it's something I, that I should put some effort into. And that's why I'm doing it ultimately. Um, so, I don't I don't feel like I'm too wrapped up in the whole, like, music industry idea or feeling like I need to be a certain way or do a certain thing to like fit a certain mode. I'm just going to yeah. do, I'm just going to do my best to put out great work. And that's literally it. I, I was kind of focusing more on just kind of consumer culture. Like, what do you think people are saying through nowadays? Oh, okay. You know? I got you. Yeah. But I think, man, I think that if you, um, if you put together a good project and it's good music, people are going to listen to it. But I do also understand like when it, I mean, when it comes to like the dollar sense, um, that, Singles are what are doing well, and so well, even like even on an album, people are trying to put an album of singles together. You yeah, know what I mean? feel like 
all around attention span too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, in every I mean, industry I mean, now, in here social media, then, yeah, social yeah. media, and just like our um, our immediate access to everything with our phones just makes you want to listen to something. I remember when, like, I remember when the Lil Wayne uh, album just dropped. So many, so many dope tracks on that. I listened to it for like two days, and I was like, "Damn, I need some new music." <laughs> Jacob and I were just talking about that. I was like, "Do you have any tracks to stand out to you on that?" And we were kind of talking about a couple, but. I mean, I gotta be honest. I like you. I only listened to it for like a day or two, and then yeah. I kind of was on the next one. Shout out yeah. to Lil Wayne, though, man. I respect it. He's a yeah, go. Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I'm I excited. Mean, I think he's got a lot more stuff coming out soon too, because I, I know he had like a lot of legal issues and stuff like that with yeah, um, with Birdman. everything. Yeah. When it comes to a release of let's say some music, a single or a project, that uh. you, like a film, or um, you pushing out uh, content for a brand with your production company. What's mm. your strategy with social marketing? Um, so that's something that I'm still learning and working in. Um, but I mean, it's just it's just really about building a coherence to whatever it is that you're that you're putting out. You know, yeah. getting people familiar with whatever it is that you're putting out, remaining consistent, mm -hmm. um, and just finding new ways to finding new ways to get the the word out or the knowledge out or the product out to people. Um, you know, I feel like everyone's doing pretty much the same thing on social. So sometimes you just got to figure out a way to get creative about doing whatever it is to convey your message. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best way to do it. What about when it comes to just you personally? I mean, what's your strategy with like, you know, maybe growing your Instagram following or your YouTube? I mean, maybe a couple of pieces about that. So I actually posted a photo I think yesterday. It's kind of speaking about how I feel like I've kind of dropped the ball on those things just because I've been so focused on this is the thing like i I'm, I'm a hard worker and sometimes that's to a fault because like i'll i'll decide i want to work on something i.e this music project and then now that's taking all of my focus all of my energy and like you know i'm not putting my energy and focus into other things like i could be putting into socials or i could yeah. be putting into youtube videos and stuff like that or i could be even putting into like my personal health my fitness stuff like that um and so I feel like I've been dropping the ball on that a lot lately. And so I feel like I'm actually in like a process of like really reformatting what I want to do and how I want to approach what I need to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I think you've hit a really good point there. Um, there's always something you can do, especially when you're trying to work in entertainment. Mm -hmm. One thing I realized also is you also have to be able to give yourself a break sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I mean. Hard to justify sometimes. It is. Oh? Yeah. yeah. How, how, do you, how do you give yourself a break? Every once in a while. I don't know. I just I just kind of take opportunities when, you know, if like a friend's like, hey, we got like we got this going on, like you kind of want to join. And, you know, I'll, I'll probably reconsider, go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I was actually just like, <laughs> I was in Vancouver uh, a couple of days ago and I was talking with her about it on the phone. And um, I was like, I'm going to go. Ah, I'm not going to go. Ah, I'm going to go. Ah, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> like man. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it wasn't until literally like 12 hours before we left, I decided like, OK, I'm going to go. Yeah, it you know seemed I mean? amazing, man. Was that for the film festival, right? So I went out there with some buddies um, for a buddy's birthday, actually. And that's why I kind of got the invite to go. And then, um, and then, yeah, the Vancouver International Film Festival was going on when I was there. So I tried to go out there to see if I could network and, you know, make anything happen with some people out there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I was taking a break, but with the potential to hopefully, like, make something happen. Well, you know I mean, I gotta, it's got to be a justifiable <laughs> break. I'm kind of the same way because if I do take a break, I don't want to just be stagnant or idle. Exactly. You know, I exactly. mean, uh, still hands, they say, are the work of the devil or mm -hmm. they say that, you know, it's just although, you know, you want to take a break and maybe take a backseat from worrying about your issues. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't go 
be productive like with fitness yeah or for sure go catch a film you're for like sure. studying something having for that sure. release or escapism right exactly it's, it's all about your mindset because i definitely think that you can find value in everything around you it's just about you deciding what it is that you want to actually take in and how, how focused you want to be on actually finding that value i think there's definitely value in everything yeah. and everything and you can you can take a lesson from everything if you sit there and think about it long enough what's a tip that you could give to the listeners when it comes to uh social strategy I mean, everyone it's kind of a buzz thing right now and i like to get a little piece of uh, from each of my interviews on some input and strategy on how people can grow their following i mean what is something you've picked up along I the mean, way the biggest thing i think when it comes to to growing any sort of following or any sort of relationship in life in general because the, you know the same concept applies is just providing value like figuring out how you can be a service of people how you can be of service to people just remain consistent in that maybe you won't grow the the huge following i don't know because that's not meant for everyone but um you'll definitely grow a following and you'll grow a loyalty of of following because you're remaining consistent and because you're being active in, in serving others and ultimately that's that's what's going to take you far in life yeah you know? i 100 percent agree with providing value because it's kind of like a trade you know 100 mm-hmm. I mean, what let's talk in about a you. currency kind of what a following no providing value uh could you elaborate so for instance um when uh, let's let's say okay i i have a little bit of um understanding and experience in production and i have someone else who has understanding and experience in some other area we can we can help each other and balance each other. I can give him my trade service. He can give me his trade service. Oh, kind of like bartering. Value. So right? that's what I mean. Like the value you offer can be used as a currency. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, for example, okay, let's say you're getting, you have a lot of exposure and you need someone to cut some videos. Maybe uh, someone will help you out with those videos. For sure. And trade with some exposure. So yeah, there's a perfect sure. example right there. Like, uh, Javon... We're talking about your acting experience and yeah. your past in the fitness culture as well. We talked about that briefly. What about when it comes to getting ready for like these shirtless roles or potentially having to do a shirtless role? Yeah. I mean, dude, I see you doing hill sprints, getting it done in the morning. I mean, walk me through uh, what, what's your fitness regimen and what's the purpose of it? It's kind of it's kind of cool because I feel like when you know when you do dif- different things and you you try out different experiences and you and you work hard in different areas of life. It always kind of comes back together. And so just my experience in the fitness industry and, you know, working with Christian and working with Alpha Lee and like building on my physique for the past two years before I moved to L.A. has been so beneficial since I moved here because it's, it's helped me book roles. It's helped me book things like I've done stuff for like Beachbody. Uh, I did a hosting job for Beachbody. Um and just like, you know, booking roles where I might have to be shirtless yeah. uh, like I was in that film. And so it's just like, yeah, when you work hard in different areas, it kind of helps you bring those things together later in life. And it's kind of cool to just see how it all comes together. But I think now it's just it's just really benefited me to learn what I have learned being around all my like amazing friends that do fitness and like really do that thing at the highest level uh, just to like learn what I can do and how I can shape myself and what like small things that I can implement to really just kind of help bring my physique together and shape myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's just, it's helped a lot. What about, so you've done a couple shirtless uh, jobs. You just did the shark tank, which mm-hmm. that was killer. That was cool, <laughs> man. That'd be a cool moment. What was that like, by the way? That was dope. Um, So basically that was, so being on shark tank and he, 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 you were like I a merman, did, right? I was, Sorry, yeah, I, was, I, was a, I was a merman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But doing that was basically just for me, was a relationship builder. So I worked with a producer on another project and she hit me up and she was like, Hey, Sony lot, right? Yeah. It was, we shot it. We shot it at Sony studios. Um, and she hit me up and she was like, Hey, 
I need someone to do this job, basically. Um, would you be interested? And so for me, I was just like, you know what? Like, I want to definitely keep this relationship strong. I want to let her know that I'm willing to work. I want to let her know that, like, whenever I do something, I'm going to do it the best that I can. And so I was just like, let's do it, you know? And so um, that was that was more of the incentive for me going on Shark Tank. Not necessarily I, I had a desire to do that job or a desire to do that yeah. role. Sometimes it's just like you need to do what you need to do to, you know, build those relationships, sustain those relationships, and show people that you're willing to work and do a great job because you never know how that's going to come back around, you know? Yeah, so that was that was 100% the reason why. And I dieted for that. Um, yeah. Do you have, like, a prep week for that? Like, what was the whole process? Because some people to drink a lot of water so they can get I can't remember skin. exactly what I did, but I definitely hit up one of my buddies that is a coach, and I was like, hey, man, like, this is what I need to do. I need to tighten up for the show, blah, blah. What should yeah. I do? And he kind of gave me a regimen. The overall overarching arching arching purpose of your fitness is for acting though at this current time right? yeah at this stage it was always performance based too i heard right like you're always focused on sports for sure. there's never so much aesthetics yeah so I've aesthetics always, are nice though yeah aesthetics are nice but i've always played sports yeah i want to still be able to play sports i still like I, I just joined the flag football league i want to be able to go out there and still ball a little bit you know what i mean i don't want to yeah. go out there and be stiff and you know can't catch a ball or can't you know can't move fast can't can't be agile and so on yeah I, I, like i'm an athlete at heart so i've always wanted to you know remain with that i never really had a desire to be huge i've just yeah. kind of always had a desire to like you know look good and and, and play good so there yeah, you go man Devon, he's uh investing in his fitness and mm -hmm. he's, uh getting some roi on that too i love that yes sir um so kind of closing out what 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 I love asking this one. What have you struggled with throughout this process? I think that, and I talk about it a lot, um, like with people I'm close with, is that the thing that I've struggled with the most and in, in, in this stage in my life is really just learning how to be a man. I can't really say that I ever really had a really clear and concise example of what it means to be a great man in my life. I've had like kind of like examples in certain areas here and there, but I've never really just had one overarching like straight, like one person I can think of. It was just like that person's been a part of my life and that is a phenomenal man. So that's kind of been, that's kind of been my biggest struggle is just like learning how to do it. And it's, it's exciting. It's fun. Um, and it's not like, it's not a sad thing. Kind of like, fi like finding your identity as a man or just, just learning, just learning how to be one man, learning how to, how to, how to like say what's no, right? how, learning when to say no, how to say no, learning how to treat women, learning how to, you know, manage business, how to manage your time, how to manage your finances, like just everything, literally everything. I feel yeah. like those are all things that kind of like are what it means to be a man, how to be a leader, how to have tough conversations, how to just, just everything. You know what I mean? And I feel like I've been at a point in my life where that that's like my biggest my biggest learning curve or my biggest learning facet because for so long I was just kind of going with the flow. Like I, you know, I went to college and like I was just in college, you know, and I got out of college and I was just like working. I wasn't really like trying to be a better man. I was just like living life. You know what I mean? And so now it's just like I that that's my that's my focus is I want to be a great man. I want to be a great actor. I want to be a great, you know, musician if if that's where my life leads. I want to be a great every, a lot of things. Everything that I do I want to be great at. But um, being a great man is like it's, it's really important to me and it's kind of like a deep-seated like desire that's kind of new mm -hmm. to me um and i'm excited about it so that's been the, that's been the biggest struggle i would say you also kind of pursue a part of that with your faith as well definitely i think they yeah. go hand in, i think they go hand in hand as with being a christian for myself i feel like i can't be a great man unless i am actively pursuing my relationship with christ that's just how i feel about it yeah. and so they definitely go hand in hand for me yeah i mean i feel like it's kind of like a formula i mean like gotta have a piece from here a piece from there i mean yeah you know you got your health your psyche yeah your faith yeah i like that that's good man it's good you gotta you gotta be 
willing to be well-rounded and, and well-shaped in different areas. And so that's, that's, that's just basically the pursuit I'm in. And how do you handle adversity, man? I think I handle adversity pretty well. I mean, I, I think we kind of had the answer a bit. I mean, you, you take you an L and you turn into a W for the most part or inspiration, yeah. it seems like. Yeah, man. Um, I'm a pretty optimistic person. And uh, you kind of touched on my, on my faith a little bit. And I feel like my faith is pretty unwavering from what I've seen so far. I mean, maybe I haven't been through enough to really say that. But I do feel like my faith is pretty unwavering. And so, um, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a pretty unbothered person. Like, when things happen, I kind of let it go. And uh, I just refocus and reshape to the next thing. And so, um, you know, bad things happen. I just kind of like, I take it as it is, take a deep breath and, you know, try to keep it moving. So um, I feel like I handle adversity pretty well. You're saying kind of your faith is a rock for you through adversity too mm -hmm. in that way, right? Yeah. Um, and so basically what I mean by that is just understanding that, you know, all, all things are going to work, you know, for, for those that love Christ. And so, um, and that's something that I believe 100% wholeheartedly. And so that kind of grounds me it's just like oh like this is happening it's negative okay cool it's gonna work out you know what i mean yeah like it might it might suck right now it might it might be terrible right now when you're going through something but i feel like when you have that that pillar to hold on to ultimately like you know that it's gonna be okay so like yeah you'll be fine you know yeah it's, it's literally just that simple to me it sounds it sounds kind of like it's easier said than done but i feel like it's it's just done like for me i agree i mean I feel like more people need faith in LA in general too. 100%, side note. <laughs> 100%. 100%. I agree. What has your experience been with trying to keep your faith strong while you've been kind of touring through, I mean, LA so, parties? Interesting, man. Yeah. Because like you go, to, you go to these LA parties I sometimes. Mean, well, and, Jacob um, and I were talking to me. You don't see a lot of people strong in faith in entertainment all the time too. 100%. There have been some good examples recently though. 100%. Yeah. But... um. Uh, Chris I mean, Pratt, for it, example. It's, it's just about it's just about keeping what's important to you important to you and making sure that you spend the time um and and you keep you keep your focus on it. it and it's it's kind of like a weird thing when you're like a Christian in like a in like a like a city like LA because one, there's a lot of there's a lot of like false ideas that Christians have, one, and like false false um expectations that, that we put on ourselves because we're Christian. Um and so it makes it hard to navigate your career and even just like the, the L.A. culture, even, for instance, when you're being 100 percent religious about certain ideas and things, when I don't think that we're called to necessarily be religious. I think that we're just called to relationship with Christ. And so um, that just kind of makes it kind of difficult. Could you elaborate on that, by the way? We're not called to be religious. We're, not, we're caused so, called to have a relationship. Are you saying kind of like we're not called to just live this rule book? Exactly. So I feel like life. I feel like a lot of Christians like that's how they that's how they they perceive Christianity is like Christianity is about what you're not supposed to do so that you can be a good person. And I don't agree with that. I think that as a Christian, one, and I mean even in the New Testament, like this is this is what Jesus says. Like he says, and if you follow Christ, like you got to listen to what he says. Um, he says that the two the two most important laws is to love God, love your Father God with all your heart, and love others as you do yourself. And if those are the two most important things, then why are we so focused on what we not what we ought not to do? You know what I mean? We should be more focused on what we are supposed to do. Yeah. And so to me, I think that as you pursue Christ and as you pursue the importance of that in your life, certain things you're gonna you're gonna have a peace about and certain things you're not gonna have a peace about. And when you don't have a peace about those things, then those things probably need to be removed. But if you don't feel and and obviously you need to have people that are checking you as well and people that you can look up to and stuff like that, but if you don't feel that you're doing something that's wrong, then you can't necessarily just 
cut it out just because someone else tells you not to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, for instance, like with going out, like I go out a decent amount. But when I go out, I'm not I'm not going out to get drunk. I'm not going out to party. I'm not going out to, like, get wild to, to hook up with girls. Like, that's that's just not my prerogative. I mean, it might be someone else's prerogative. And yeah. that's obviously the, the connotation that most people have. When, and, and I'm not gonna lie, like I drink, like I do drink, yeah. but I'm not like I'm yeah. not like trying to get blackout wasted. Jesus like, water you know I mean? I the have, wine. I'm I get, just exactly <laughs> at a wedding at a wedding party. Um, so it's like I I like I do those things, but my I don't I don't feel guilty about them in any sense because I'm a Christian. Like I feel like I'm I'm just you know I'm enjoying myself, but I'm enjoying myself with the under the parameters of what I feel like is right. You know what I mean? But yeah. a lot of Christians would be like, no, you're not supposed to go out. You're not supposed to drink. You know what I mean? And and, and even will even contour. Contour, con, contort. Look who's tripping contort. up now. I got gotcha, you, man. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but it'll basically take like scriptures and stuff like that, and like you know, take it for what they want it to mean, and not necessarily what it might actually mean, or yeah. what it's being left open to perceive. You know what I mean? What about when it comes to uh, anyone who hasn't really had an experience in faith? Do you have any kind of starting point you you ever point your friends to, or like uh, acquaintances that have asked you about your faith? Well, hopefully, it starts with me. Um, and that's hopefully that's that's always gonna hopefully be my goal is that I'm actually living my life out to be a light to people and to show others that like you know it's it's okay one to well well this is more for like my Christian friends that are like kind of like not confident in it in a way um, but that it's okay to like be a Christian like it's not weird like it's it's just who you are it's what you believe you know what I mean it's not like it's not like it shouldn't be like a touchy subject like it's just just who you are like you know what I mean because it's who I am I can't. It'd be more work to hide it than it is to, you know, talk about it or to show it. Um, and so that's that's kind of what's important to me. But when it comes to, you know, just kind of guiding others, I, I just hope that, like, they could see something in me that that shows them that maybe I got something right. You know what I mean? And if that if that can help encourage them in a way and if that can show them, because remember, like I was saying, like, the, the, you know, one the second most important law is to love others as you do yourself. So if that's what I'm going to do, then hopefully I can be able to show others that like, you know, there there's something in me that um that might be lacking in other areas for or, or in other people. And they might want a taste of that, you know, and, and, and that's kind of how I hope to like live my life to be able to make those introductions. I mean, that's kind of how my uh, girlfriend Kim, that's how her mom and her family turned to a Christian. I think their friend that they ran into uh, in elementary school had something kind of different about her crazy that she liked right yeah, yeah and they came to found out that uh you know she was really active in her church mm -hmm. and that thing that she felt like was different slowly found its way into yeah my girlfriend's mother's yeah. life just being a light man standing out and you know having that that thing that's just, just yeah. magnetic in a way i feel like know? that's a lot more attractive to people who aren't religious rather than like the people standing out with the picket signs and everything sure. like that. For events, sure. You know, which I hundred, like I hundred percent disagree with like all the, all the Christian hate, like, and like talking down, like that's not your job. Like it's not your job. Like who, like who are you? You're a sinner. Just like, just like everyone else is that you're trying to condemn. You know what I mean? And even in the, in the way that you're doing this right now to me, I don't know necessarily if it, if it necessarily is a sin, but to me, like you're like, it should be, you know, like you're not, you're not helping anyone by, by condemning them. Like you're not, how, how is that helping someone? You know what I mean? Yeah. And definitely. so, um, and I get, I get the idea of like holding people accountable because that's, I think that that's very necessary in life, but not when you think that you're like better than someone because you're Christian, because you're not like, that's what being Christian is about is that we're all flawed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I can't stand that stuff. I mean, you guys heard it, man. A little dose of inspiration mm. and a little dose of faith right there. I love it. Let's get it. Any churches you recommend in LA, by the way, for anyone who's kind of in the local yeah, area? Yeah, man. I've really been enjoying Oasis, which is funny, too, because I've realized that I've enjoyed... Maybe I shouldn't say this. You but I feel like it. I've enjoyed Oasis more with their interim pastor. Um, so I'm hoping that... Damn. <laughs> that's fire. Like, like, maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, shoot. I, I just feel like I've learned more from him. I can't... I, like, I feel like I've learned more from him and I've taken more from his messages and um, I feel like he's challenged me more. Uh, I think his... I, I know his name is Julian, but I think it's, I think it's Julian Smith. I'm not sure what his last name is. Yeah, Oasis is a really good church that I've been going to. Um, it's funny, like the church scene in LA is kind of kind of funny because it feels like I don't know. Sometimes it just doesn't feel too authentic. It feels like you know, it still feels kind of Hollywood, which is like we could cut this out later if it, if it is Shay. But like uh, Jacob and I, we've gone to like City Church. Man, that's dope. I love Judah, mm. but I get that vibe a little bit here and there. Yeah, yeah. Not every service. I haven't been there, but I've heard the same thing. That's Wednesday night, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's dope, man. I get charged up from it, and they usually give off a good message, in my opinion. But Pastors are rocking, rocking Gucci, blah, 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 you know. Which Everyone's dressed up to nine. Thing. I don't really no, see no, anything I'm, wrong I'm not with saying that, that but I'm no, saying like nice you, see, you see the L.A. vibe kind of seep into it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whether that's bad or good, I'm not really a, a judger of that. Mm-hmm. But um, I just feel like if you're going to church and you're not, certain things aren't being called out of you or you're not, you're not being challenged, then you're really just going to, a, you know, a motivational speech. Which yeah. is which is cool, but that's not the gospel. So that's where it just kind of like where I feel like churches are kind of weird in LA a little bit. Um, but which I also get because I feel like there's also kind of a need to kind of meet people where they are a bit. But at the same time, like truth is truth. So it's just like it's just a weird it's like a weird back and forth kind of thing. But I think Oasis Oasis is a really good church. Go check it out, Oasis. Yeah, yeah. LA. Closing out, man. Any advice you got for anyone aspiring to act, be creative, writing, everything? Well, do what you can at whatever level that you are. Um, maximize your resources. You know, utilize what you can. So, like for me right now, like I kind of, I kind of touched on and talked about the idea of me working on these films and beliefs and stuff like that because those that that's a that's a market that I have available to myself and that's that's a a resource that I have. Obviously, I want to be doing huge Hollywood films and stuff like that, but maybe maybe the conventional route is not the route that I need to take. Maybe it needs to be me doing things and pursuing things in a whole other country. You know. And, and trying to make things happen in that way on my own before I, I ever actually even get a shot in, in like the real big time Hollywood stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So don't be so focused on, you know, where you see other people are, where you see, you know, the greats are and stuff like that. Just just do what you can where you are. Keep working and wait for the next opportunity to come. And then when you got it and take it and kill it again, you know, and rinse and repeat. You heard it. I love that. Yeah. I um, mean, what can we look forward to the future, man? So music. We're, we're, we're looking at, at that story you got in the works for in Belize. Yeah, I don't know. Coming. I don't know what that timeline is gonna take like to get a movie done. <laughs> I mean, I would love to try to get it filmed, like be filming yeah. by like spring summer. But I got a lot of work to do if I'm gonna do that. Like, I gotta write a script. I gotta retreat the script. I gotta do it over and do it over and do it over. And then until I finally have it, and then we gotta pitch it. Then we gotta find the actors, and we, you know, we gotta figure out what kind of timeline we want to shoot on and editing everything. So, but I definitely think that it is a goal that can happen. It just, it just needs to i need to put my grind to it um and 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 be a leader in that and make it happen um but yeah so that would be awesome music i'm working on music hopefully i'll have something out november 9th on my birthday that'd be amazing Um, guys better blow up javon if mm, he does i'm just saying mm, we'll see we'll see we'll see i gotta let you listen to some of it (laughs) hell yeah um so that uh revamping the book alvin agency that's what i'm calling that talent agency 
Uh, I've already registered the business license and everything. So the Wait, with the uh, talent two separate agency, things, revamping the book and the talent Alvin agency. agency, right? Yeah, yeah. I like that. So um, those are kind of the biggest the biggest goals right now. I think that's enough to focus on. I like that, <laughs> man. <now. laughs> and in uh, following, yeah, it is. It was a lot. Actually, sorry, I had one big question. What's up, man? Jack of all trades, master of none. That quote. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, man? <sighs> um, I I kind of agree. I think because for me acting directing those are the things i want to master everything else kind of comes comes with a piece of understanding that maybe i won't be the best in and that's fine maybe i won't be my best in and that's fine but i still yeah. want to be great i mean i think that like even if you're there's still i feel like there's still room between like master and novice you know yeah. and so maybe i won't be a master in this area but hopefully i can still be pretty damn good at it Definitely. and then be a master in something else i mean I gotta say, Donald Glover, he's yeah. multi-talented. Remarkable. So there has been people that have done more than two things, more than three things. So yeah. especially in this time too, I feel like it's more possible than ever to be successful at for multiple. sure. Almost in like this day and age of creatives and in entertainment, especially, you kind of have to be, or at least be willing to be willing to be flexible enough to at least try it. I feel like, or else you kind of get looked over. If you're only good at one thing, someone will take the person that's good at two. Uh. That's part of it. It's yeah. part of competition too, yeah, right? Man. All right, man. You guys heard it. Javon Alvin. Yeah, appreciate you having me Let's on the go, show, man. bro. It's yeah. been awesome. It's been awesome. You guys, that was Javon Alvin. Go check his socials out. I have them linked in the description. We got a lot of awesome guests coming up soon, so make sure you subscribe, and we'll see you next time, all right? Peace.